Welcome to the show, Five Sharp Fam. I'm AJ, and this is Mark. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. This segment is sponsored by Thinking Man Tavern, a cozy Decatur neighborhood pub. Grab a tasty beverage from a wide variety of selections and a plate of something delicious from the menu. To go, check out Thinking Man Tavern. So welcome to another Five Stripe Weekly, and this is the off-season edition, unfortunately. We, uh... Yeah, have been bounced out of the playoffs, but there are still news, and especially it's going to be silly season. It's already silly season, and we will get to that in a few. But first up, Miles Robinson, he has been named to the 2021 Best 11 in MLS, and uh, yeah, richly deserved. Obviously, uh, you know, if he's making the U.S. men's national team and playing in the tournaments as an MLS player, then, I mean, I think you're doing something right. But, uh, yeah, what, what do you think? Uh, fully deserved. I mean, you know, uh, I don't know if they've – I don't think they've done the actual uh, position players of the year yet, right? Uh, you know, but uh, if there was, like, a defender of the year award, Miles Robinson would be it for me. I mean, I don't know. Um, He's in that the, uh, the three in consideration for it, so uh, – yeah, we will find out soon, but uh, yeah, that will be something yeah. to look out for. But I mean, just, yeah, just a great year for him overall, man. I mean, like you know, I thought he could have a good season, um, but you know, for him to uh, essentially not only really, I mean, he's played for the U.S. before, but it feels like this year he really made his debut. Um, you know, in meaningful matches, Gold Cup, uh, World Cup qualifiers, and he's held down a spot. And he's held down a spot as a domestic, as a fully domestic player, you know, uh, which we don't see as much of anymore because, yeah, a lot of the uh, national team is now based overseas. And so um, I think it's just a testament to how good he's been in MLS and he's been a rock for Atlanta United. Uh, He's, you know, I think it's fair to see he's our most consistent player. Um, And so, yeah, I'm just, you know, so happy for him. Uh, And again, fully, fully deserved. Indeed, indeed. And uh, moving on from that, uh, speaking of the U.S. men's national team, George Bell and Brooks Lennon make the U.S. men's national team uh, camp uh, and the roster as well. Uh, but Robinson isn't joining. He will join in January as he's being rested per Greg Berhalter. So he probably would have made it. But, uh, yeah, it makes sense as uh, his workload has been pretty significant this season. Uh, and Miles is already in Miami vacationing with fellow MLS players, uh, doing some keepy-uppies on the beach. But, uh, you know, low-key, actually, uh, South Beach is my favorite beach on, uh, on the East Coast. But, uh, that's ah. just me. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, Lennon, he uh, has yet to make the senior team. But, uh, you know, congrats to the... Uh, the uh, the former RSL uh, player, uh, but um, yeah, what, what do you think about Brooks Lennon making it? Obviously, George Bella has been uh, in and around the U.S. Men's National Team all season. Yeah, because um, it's one of those where like it feels like this camp is especially it's more so for uh, MLS players. Um, you know, I guess to get a look. I mean, it makes sense. Like the national team can't totally ignore the domestic league, even though um, you know. As we go along, more and more talent will be based in Europe. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's a testament to the fact that he had a solid season in MLS. Um, you know, I, I, he's a pretty consistent starter for Atlanta United. 
Um, and as anybody who watches podcast knows, I like him. So, uh, yeah, you know, I think, again, uh, deserved. And, you know, I don't know if he'll have a career with the team uh, necessarily, but the fact that he's getting a look, I mean, I, I hope he grabs that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, Lennon does deserve the call-up. Uh, you know, I think uh, he has been one of our most consistent players this season. But, uh, you know, the stats, he's got to start racking up some stats, I think. Uh, and that's kind of, uh, I mean, it's on the attackers to be able to finish, uh, you know, the chances that he creates too. But also, you know, the quality of chances that he creates uh, right. does need to improve. But um, I've any. He'll always be compared to Julian Gressel because he replaced him essentially. And truthfully, I think you know we've seen enough to say he probably will never be as good a crosser as Julian Gressel. So yep. it's uh, you know, but he can still improve. Uh, and I think if he does, you know, his value would rise. Indeed, indeed. And uh, so on to the uh, end of season roster moves from Atlanta United. Uh, Atlanta United have basically released Ben Lundgaard, Mo Adams, Kubo Torres. Josh Bauer and Alec Can. That name, of course, sticks out as well. So essentially, both uh, you know backup keepers have been released. Uh, but Can will uh, probably uh, and uh, you know Crossbowgenegger has uh, pretty much said that they will bring him back, whether that's on a new contract or something improved uh, will be you know remain to be seen. But uh, you know. I speculate that it could be something to do with, uh, you know, the the draft coming up, and in, in you know, order to keep him or not, it's something that uh, you know we do want to uh, have the most flexibility throughout. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though he could still be selected, and that's the thing too. But um, you know, it's a it's a thing where I think uh, you know we're just trying to play our our cards as well as we can. But what do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it would make sense for the club to at least try to keep him. Um, I think it also makes sense for him to try to seek more money at this point because, uh, you know, he he's come in, even after being uh, replaced as the starter, you know, the spots that he's come in, generally he looks good. We saw, uh, we saw he played for a stretch uh, for the first team this season, and for the most part he was good. Yes, he had one or two mistakes, uh, specifically with the ball at his feet. Uh, but, you know, it's not to say I expect that from... I mean, look, as far as... Uh, one thing I've always said, as far as backup keepers go, you could do a lot worse than Alakan in MLS. And so, um, you know, whether he's trying to seek a starting role or maybe just a little more money to stay with his hometown team, I mean, I think... Um, it seems like he has at least a little bit of re- leverage in this case, and he should use it uh, to whatever, you know, he wants to do. Yeah. And there's also that case of uh, Rocco Rios Novo, you know, possibly coming into play uh, here. That, right. uh, you know, he is uh, kind of touted as the most uh, the most valuable USL championship player and, um, you know, by transfer market. So it is that like, uh, you know, maybe he's a guy that is uh, Brad Guzan's understudy, although he may be a little bit undersized. I mean, he's clearly showed the ability early on in the 2021 mm-hmm. season. But yeah. uh, moving on from that, uh, also, yeah, the uh, the guys who had their options picked up or are still under uh, contract for 2022, they exercised contract options on Mikey Ambrose, Bello, Conway, Alex DeJohn, 
Franco Escobar, Brooks Lennon, and Amar Sadich. The uh, one that obviously stands out there is Franco Escobar. And uh, yeah, he will return from Newell's Old Boys. And uh, the question is, what do we do with a Franco Escobar? I mean, it's one of those, does uh, um, you know Miles Robinson get... Uh, get moved on during the offseason uh does a george bello even and also uh there is this case of the uh end of the loan for ronald hernandez i mean basically you know franco escobar could play several roles across that back line Mm -hmm. uh, if not start uh really and so you know is, is it something that we want to uh you know i think explore or should we continue to move him on uh, on another loan, or you know, he has drawn some interest within MLS as well. Maybe we mm-hmm. get something and fetch something for him too. What do you think? Well, so uh, I wonder if Pane- how much say Pineda has in this move because uh, Pineda really hasn't seen Escobar, at least hasn't had a chance to coach Escobar. Uh, so you know, there's that to consider. I mean, Escobar was a pretty decent player while he was with Atlanta United. Uh, we always talked about his uh, athleticism in particular, his leaping ability, uh, his sprint speed, um, you know, his ability with the ball, too, as well. Uh, so, you know... The yellow cards, but... Yeah, the yellow <laughs> cards, right, right. The passionate, yeah. I mean, one of his last highlights uh, with the team is um, getting sent off in um, MLS's back tournament. So, uh, you know, yes, there's, uh, there's pros and cons, but... You know, you, you look at who they picked up, uh, or at least the exercise, right? Mikey Ambrose, George Bello, the John, Escobar, Brooks Lennon, like, those, yeah. that's pretty much all defense. Um, and so I think there is that consideration as well, is, you know, um, maintaining as many options as they can, especially with the back line, because as you mentioned, like, anything can happen with Bello, with Robinson. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, I mean, even with Brooks Lennon, you know, like you have the uh, expansion draft coming up, and uh, they they have that to consider as well that they might lose a player. So, um, yeah, I th- so I think I think it's just uh, I don't think we'll all of these players will survive the offseason at least with Atlanta United. Um, but I think it's a smart play for now. It's early in the offseason, and it's a weird offseason. Right, indeed, indeed. Uh, especially the. Uh... The season will start earlier than it normally does, or you'll try to. Uh, you know, obviously, the uh, there are some uh, factors that are out of most people's control, like last season as well. That uh, that was the plan last season, but right. it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, Franco Escobar, yeah, with that utility, uh, is an, a really intriguing option here, uh, especially with his familiarity with the team. Uh, but I wonder if uh, you know the team probably just sees that. He could be maybe uh, too expensive to just sit on the bench, and that they could uh, fetch something uh, in this off season. And uh, maybe, maybe it is where if uh, Charlotte does decide they, you know, they want to um, basically make a move for one of our players, maybe we just offer him or them him, and uh, see what happens. That type of thing. You guys need a right mm-hmm. back. I mean, here we go. But. Uh, right. Here, yeah, give us some gam, and uh, you know we'll have some more flexibility. But, right. Um, but yeah, moving on from that, uh, yeah, both uh, Gonzalo Pineda and Carlos Bocanegra, they said they're happy with the players that are currently on the roster and believe in the team's quality. Uh, they uh, 
they see a team that's young but with a lot of fights and they uh, want to add a veteran or two. Uh, and that will be intriguing because, uh, yeah, you know, obviously this is a very young team with, um, you know, not a ton of very veteran players across the, mm-hmm. uh, the roster. But, um, yeah, you know, it'll be, I think, very intriguing to see what Silly Season brings for the Five Stripes. But, yeah. Um, also, I will. Uh huh, go ahead. So, just real quick, yeah, I mean, uh, with Pineda being an assistant coach in MLS, like, I think this is the first time that we'll have a manager in place that has real familiarity with the league. So I, I am curious to see who he would like to work with, who he thinks, uh, you know, can uh, help the team. And ideally somebody who's not on a high salary because there are some uh, some passengers on this team, as we talked about in the last episode, yes. that are on high wages. And so, you know, uh, a move or two like that would be good. Like, a, you know, you think like of a Parkhurst coming in and the impact he had on the team uh-huh. and he was essentially available you know so right. uh something like that i think is is in order for this offseason yeah and a jeff lorenowitz as well uh, that right. brought so much to the team and was pretty much a free agent um and so yeah it's that it's like uh you know jürgen dom is who you're talking about and jürgen dom uh is someone that they said they weren't planning on buying out Apparently, anyway. Uh, of course, they're not going to publicly say that, but it's just right. one of those, like, yeah, you know, we're going to probably do what we can to open up some uh, some salary cap and, uh, you know, bring in some players that can contribute more from the bench, especially probably in the goals and somewhat assists variety. But, but yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And moving on from that, uh, LA United also announced that Santiago Sosa, uh, he'll be the only player that is apparently going uh, and undergoing uh, sports hernia surgery or just surgery in general in the offseason, but he went under successful sports hernia surgery uh, this past Tuesday. And uh, yeah, he'll be using this offseason to recover and he'll be reassessed in a few weeks to better determine the timeline for his recovery. So, yeah, we will uh, see how he does. Uh, I think, yeah, we need more depth in midfield, in the uh, defensive midfield department. Um, You know, obviously, Mo Adams has been, uh, you know, moved on there. uh, But Franco Ibarra and Amar Sadich will be options there. But I think uh, maybe we need a little bit more of a, you know, athletic destroyer type. That um, you know maybe could be a guy that uh, you know is uh, one of those veterans that is brought in, right? But, uh, yeah, and you know there is that uh, there is that draft coming up very very soon, and uh, pretty much in about uh, about a week or so, and so you know mm-hmm. that uh, maybe uh, in that sense who gets uh, left off and whatnot, it'll be very very interesting to see who. Um, you know, who is available after the MLS Cup as well. But uh, moving on and to the big news of the week, it dropped on a Friday night. Velez Sarsfield decided to uh, tweet kind of something rogue, it seemed like. Uh, Yeah, because on their various social media, they pretty much announced officially that it would be Thiago Meda's last match with the club. And that he would be moving on to Atlanta United for a fee of $16 million 
an MLS record now. And, uh, well, that was promptly pretty much reneged by uh, and rebuffed by Atlanta United. And they, uh, on Twitter, were, like, pretty much saying, yeah, uh, well, you know, there we saw the reports. Uh <laughs> And uh, we saw the reports about Tiago Almeida. We have not committed to acquire the player at this time. We can confirm that we retain an exclusive option to permanently transfer the player. The option extends into 2022. We have, uh, we will have no further comment on the player at this time. Very fascinating. Uh, we'll yeah unpack that first. I think uh, you know. I think uh, there's. Uh, there's something, and I think you, you tweeted this out, there's something about Atlanta United and transfer sagas that are just, oh, so fascinating. But, uh, yeah, what are, what are your thoughts? What do, what do you think uh, is, you know, we can pontificate. What's happening here? What it's, it's business as usual. I think that's what it is. Like, that's why I tweeted what I tweeted. It's just like, God, every year there's just some, you know, drawn-out, like, extravagant transfer that we're doing or trying to do and it's just dominating the headline. And I will say this too, and I mean this like a little facetiously, but honestly, it's the sign that Atlanta United is a big club. You know, like you it winning the off season is not a thing, right? It's not necessarily like uh the the award that you want. But typically Atlanta United news, like especially one or two players, dominates the off season in terms of uh, any player linked to MLS one way or another. You know, like, you think of, like, the biggest move of the past five years, and it's, like, Vela, Zlatan, uh, Wayne Rooney, and then pretty much Atlanta United players. Like, I'm, you know, I, maybe I'm biased in saying that, but uh, so it's just, here we go again. Here we go again. And, <laughs> and why and do you think uh, Atlanta United have rebuffed this? Like, what? <sighs> What, because, what can you speculate? I feel like it has to do with some uh, MLS mumbo jumbo. I mean, like we, you know, we talk about how this this stuff is complicated. So I'm sure there's like some uh, specific, like maybe salary thing that has to do with the dates, or um, you know, just being staying within compliance and so on, where they can't officially announce them yet. Um, the other thing that's, uh, I, I think I saw someone tweet, which actually, actually could be part of it, is, uh, it, it messes with their negotiations if they want to move on Barco. So, um, yeah, you know. and I don't know <laughs> if I exactly agree because it's that, it's like, uh, you know, P.T. Martinez, uh, when he was coming in, Miguel Miron, I mean, yes, there was already uh, Newcastle that we, it was one of the worst kept secrets as, as like, along with this one, uh, right. <laughs> as being one of the worst kept secrets. Uh, that's, yeah, you know, obviously, uh, P.T. Martinez, we still were able to, uh, I mean, get him at not uh, a price that just kept getting raised and raised. So yeah. that is good. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, I think... Ultimately, if we have an option, it seems like numbers have more or less been agreed upon for Almeida, and right. um, you know, and so in that regard, uh, yeah, if it is Barco, if it's if it is, but this is a thing, like the U twenty two initiative, Tiago Almeida, as I mean, as far as my understanding of it, he would mm -hmm. qualify for it, and right. so you know, we wouldn't necessarily have to move on Barco. 
So, now, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, will they both fit within the squad? Especially another one uh, in Marcelino Moreno, who they all pretty much occupy the same areas. Mm -hmm. uh, I am not sure, and so that's where uh, there will be have to be some like significant coaching mm -hmm. to uh, to really, I think, incorporate all these players as well. Uh, although it could be where it's like Almeida plays the ten, uh, Marcelino Moreno plays the uh, the eight, and then Barco plays left wing or something. But uh, is that getting the best out of them? Not sure. Right. Do we need right. uh, maybe a little bit more of a proven goal scorer on the wing as well? I mean, Luis Araujo could be that, but are we, uh, you know, are we pretty much uh, unbalancing the squad a little bit too? That's just mm -hmm. that's just something that we will uh, have to remain to see if uh, you know this is the case. But um, but yeah, uh, speaking about Almeida and the player profile i mean yeah he's pretty much a football manager player's uh dream in terms of uh, if you've been playing that uh that computer game essentially uh it's pretty much everyone's go-to player or even mm -hmm. on fifa as well i mean he's one of those uh kind of wonder kids that's uh right. been touted uh as someone that's uh you know, people should be keeping an eye on for a long time already. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he's that lower center of gravity uh, type of attacker from Argentina that you expect. That, uh, yeah, you know, he's a guy that's got an eye for goal, uh, mm -hmm. likes to dribble, likes to shoot, um, you know, likes to take on players, essentially. And, um, you know, is it maybe too similar to <laughs> the, uh, you know, the players that we currently have, I mean, you know, we'll see. But, uh, you know, he does have a couple more seasons than, say, like a Barco when he did come in. Uh, so, mm -hmm. you know, there definitely mm -hmm. is, I think, more experience from him. Uh, but, you right. know, I think, uh, you know, there's also, from this type of player, um, you know, should we be bringing in another um kind of, uh, you know, player that is young and really ultimately is not uh, seasoned like uh, maybe we necessarily need him to be, like, say, uh, Luis Araruju. Um, well, that's the thing, too. I mean, because you mentioned the uh, the MLS initiative, right? Um, and the key part of that initiative is the age of the players. So, you know... I think it's part of that's part of it is like you can't really avoid that. And I don't think that MLS teams should necessarily avoid young players anyway. Like I get that, yeah, we've seen enough evidence that yeah, it is a difficult adjustment, um, especially for uh a young person, you know, to like essentially change countries and then fit in with a new team and a new style and a new league and mm -hmm. um but, you know yeah, so I, I don't know if the age itself is necessarily um an issue. Um, but I think the profile player, I mean, like the way you described him, that's just, that's more or less the profile of Barco, especially when he first came in. Now, I don't think uh, Barco is as comfortable taking players on, um, or rather, I think that uh, not taking players on one on one. Like, I think, um, you know, he will hold on to the ball and then, um, you know, that when the pass, sometimes the pass is good, sometimes it's too late. Uh, so. Yeah. You know, it'll be interesting to see how Almeida, um, I guess, settles in what he what he becomes most comfortable doing. Um, but yeah, you could have. I mean, like, I I I think that um, trying to fit 
Moreno, Barco, and Almeida all in the same field is going to be very difficult. And uh, and Moreno was really good last year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I... Yeah, it's difficult. It's going to be a challenge. Yeah, it definitely will be. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, he did have 17 goals in 49 starts so far in his career. So, you know, it's uh, not something to shake your stick at. Pretty good return. Uh, but it is this, too. He also does not come without his, uh, I think, transgressions. Uh, and that's to maybe even say it lightly here. Uh, but basically, there is a legal uh, kind of... Uh, embroilment that uh, Tiago Almeida is uh, caught up in currently uh, and basically yeah he uh, there is a pretty much uh, a rape charge on him and uh, you know Gustavo Rodriguez a uh, Belez Sarsfields fan and also an Atlanta United fan uh, pretty much did uh, kind of tweet uh, what uh, some Argentine articles were uh, talking about that this court case is still active, uh, and that uh, they're still investigating. Uh, it involves not only Almeida but three other Belez Sarsfield players, uh-huh. and um, that it was a private party in a house, uh, and there were several girls, and uh, Almeida and a player named Brazulia. Uh, they remained charged, remain charged as uh, the suspects uh-huh. for sexual abuse. And, um, yeah, so there are uh, two girls who are the victims, one for rape, second for robbery. And, um, yeah, basically, there's, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll tweet it in the, uh, the video description and uh, the podcast descriptions. But, you know, it's something that uh, I think every fan should be uh, reading on and uh, seeing and deciding for themselves uh, how they feel about this. Uh, because it's, yeah, it's an open case, uh, and it's something that's, you know, uh, you know, innocent until proven guilty, right? But, you know, it's that people are going to come up with their own, uh, you know, uh, their own, like, you know, opinion of what this situation is. And, um, you know, that's what it's going to be. But that also leads me to what I think might be why LA United have not made it official either in that sense uh not only because of uh roster things but because of this case there might be uh kind of a wait and see to see how this plays out and to see if they actually do want to pull the trigger on that option but um you know we will uh we will see but you know if you want to speak on that you can if you uh, we you know we want to move on we can do that as well because it's this is a very touchy subject, so I totally understand either way. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and so I just want to add in one thing as well. The victim's lawyer uh, is... Uh, they, so they're uh, waiting on a DNA test to uh, return, and like apparently that's like a big part of the case, uh, at least according to the victim's lawyer. And so, um, yeah, that's... You know, it's it's something that I'm sensitive about. You know, it's uh, uh, athletes, mostly men, who are accused of uh, sexual assault and rape. Um, and we see time and again where not even with celebrities, but just um, 
just uh, high-profile assault cases uh, where the legal system essentially fails women. And so that right it to me like that right away is a huge caveat like in terms of okay well he hasn't been charged yet or um you know i guess like even innocent until proven guilty it's like yeah but uh you know yeah i think also an examination of evidence um at least that's part of my thinking you know yeah. mm-hmm. um and you know i i yeah I've, I've looked it up uh i've looked it up before i looked it up again this week and there's nothing suggesting that this case has been resolved, and that's the big yeah. thing. It's like this has been going on a long time. Like, you know, there there are cases where there are accusations and then it's quickly resolved, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's like, again, you don't want to speculate too much, but mm-hmm. sure, okay, maybe there are times where uh, it, that wasn't the case. Uh, but we know, you know, we know that there are more than likely times where men have gotten away with it, and so yeah. that's. Um, yeah, yeah, it's heavy. I, I, I mean, I would prefer that we, uh, <laughs> d- honestly, just went a different route. And there is that, yeah. Uh, the players that were involved were suspended earlier in the year. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, there's this other, uh, this other chestnut, this, uh, this other thing that, uh, also is very, very problematic. Uh, that's, and that's to say the least. But, uh, basically, Tiago Almeida, he uh, pulled his eyes as uh, kind of mocking Asian people uh, in the Tokyo Olympics versus Tokyo when he was with Argentina. And uh, yeah, I mean, Bella's fans apparently do this in Argentina a lot for the context, but uh, it doesn't make it okay. I mean, it's uh, something that's highly, highly offensive. Uh, and as an Asian man, I will not accept it it's something that uh you know um if someone did that to me uh and did that to my face i'd slap the taste out of their mouth i mean not to not to get violent here not that i prefer uh, getting violent but uh i think doing that pretty much they're they're choosing violence i mean <laughs> it's like just uh kind of something that's um you know I, it doesn't fly here uh, it shouldn't fly in any country, but uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, like in terms of like if someone tried you like that, right? It's it's this is what I say about like trying black people with the n word. Whatever happens, happens, man. So like you know, if you want to make that choice to AJ or you know, while we're you know, especially if I'm around, man, I don't know what's gonna happen, uh, you know. So good luck with all that. But no, I mean, it's obvious. It's it's not okay, you know, and I think um, I don't really think that, oh, well, they do it in this country or this culture is a defense because we know that racism exists in other countries and other cultures. Uh, you know, we know that racism is prevalent in, in Argentina. And so, like, chances are there are a lot of Velez fans who knowingly or unknowingly participate in racism. And that's just that's just what it is. You know, uh, that's uh, that's kind of how racism works. I mean. You know, we see, honestly, like people make similar defense of like uh, really problematic and just flat out racist things in this country. So, um, yeah, I don't think that that's a reason for it to fly. And then there's this too when uh, when Tito came. You know, he had the uh, he did the machine gun celebration one time. Uh, a lot of people had a problem with that, and he explained that 
it was something that they did. Uh, he did let a uh, former team of his, but that he wouldn't do it again. And he didn't do it again because he realized that it's just not something that you do. And so I think that has to be made clear uh, to Almeida from the jump. You know, it's like, that's not okay. Um, I, I would also like to see him address that. But, um, you know, if that comes about, I'm not going to necessarily hold my breath for that part of it. But I think it should be established quickly that that's a no. Um, and that's yeah, that. yeah, yeah. So, sorry, cut you off, but it's just yeah, it's that. Like uh, you know, he would, I think uh, you know, when he comes in, does need to address that probably at his press conference because that is going to be a big, big talking point. Uh, and I mean, it is uh, something that. Not only uh, you know we're addressing here, but uh, one of the supporters groups for LA United Resurgence, they did tweet out. They said, "quote We aren't going to dance around this issue. The quote unquote potential signing of a player who has openly mocked the Asian community and is tied to a sexual assault case clearly shows the player does not express the values held by LA United and its supporters." Hashtag integrity over victory. And, uh, yeah, it's a little bit of that, too, for me, is that, uh, you know, we uh, we need to be, I think, uh, really, I think, uh, knowing what our core values are as a club here and, um, you know, what we're bringing in to the fray because uh, it is that. This could be possibly why Atlanta United are pausing on, you know, uh, announcing this uh, because it is that. Like, uh, could this be something that's, they're trying to wait out and see if that court case uh, does, uh, you know, come about. Uh, and then there's also with this uh, to see if, you know, he uh, can kind of rectify and uh, improve his public image. Uh, but, you know, speaking on all this, like the like he may be misguided, uh, you know, it, amongst the other stuff, too, uh, obviously, with, uh, you know, his other transgressions. But. Uh, you know, in other countries, uh, you know, the, the monkey chant or the monkey sounds for black players, say like in Italy, that is highly prevalent too. Does that make it okay? No, absolutely not. And so this is something that, you know, needs to be nipped in the bud immediately. And, uh, you know, in that case, we, uh, you know, I think there needs to be a lot of, uh, kind of, Rectifying from uh, you know all parties involved in why we're bringing in a player with this type of character. Yeah, I just uh, two quick points uh, that I'm going to say on this. Um, one of the things you said, I totally agree with. You know, it has to be addressed at the press conference. The way that gets addressed at press conferences is from media and journalists who have access doing that. Like essentially, what I would consider doing their jobs, but really like showing the courage and doing that. And this is something you and I talked about when uh, Bocanegro was in hot water. You know, he did that powder puff interview with the radio station. You know, I'm just concerned that uh, the coverage of uh, the Almeida situation um, now and going forward, really, because it just it really does seem like he's going to be an LA United player. Uh, I just I wonder if it will be critical enough, you know, or if it will be to protect the brand of the team. Because let's be honest, like these teams, you know, even Major League Soccer teams are uh, connected and careful with their media presence, you know, in their local markets. And so they know exactly uh, who to give what information. Um, so there's that. And uh, in terms of uh, in, in terms of the signing, I mean, who's responsible for it? 
who's bringing this player in. You know what I mean? Like, we know the club is generally, uh, but we also know who's uh, supposed to be doing this specifically. And it's just, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't want to keep beating a dead horse in terms of uh, the extension, but this is another decision, right or wrong, that I think has to be uh, part of Bocanegra's legacy. So Yeah. And it's not just Bocanegra. It's, it passes through multiple filters. And so, right. uh, you know, it goes all the way to the top. If, you Absolutely. Know, um, if you're going to spend $16 million, then, well, you're going to have to, uh, I think, uh, know what your investment is and uh, know what it will uh, look like optics-wise on behalf of the club. So, you know, definitely something that uh, hopefully the club takes into consideration. And if they do bring in this player, uh, yeah, you know, we'll definitely just have to see, uh, you know, what kind of messages are sent. But um, moving on to, well, I mean, something that's, uh, yeah, there's some some playoffs still happening. Uh, Are there? And <laughs> that's uh, obviously annoying because we're not, you know, further along in this uh, kind of postseason than uh, we want to be. But, uh, yeah, the Philadelphia Union are playing the, uh, uh, they're playing NYCFC in the Eastern Conference Finals. And Real Salt Lake are playing uh Portland Timbers in the Western Conference Final, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, let's get your uh, let's get your MLS Cup Final prediction. Yeah, um, so you know, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we found out the Union lost uh, or going to be missing eleven players due to a COVID outbreak. Um, that's really unfortunate. At the same time, it's just so MLS that like the week leading up to a uh, essentially a semifinal, this happens. Um, I think I'm still going to stick with the union and uh, the argument that I made on uh, the FTC podcast the other day and I'll make here is that I just feel like they have a uh, more of an identity, um, you know, more of a consistent playing style. I think Jim Curtin has done a really good job with uh, the union project, if you want to call it that, uh, the last few years. I think I kind of like Jim Curtin and his like sort of Hank Hill persona, Uh, you know, just like just boring enough but a little bit of edge too so um but i think in all seriousness he's he's a good coach so um yeah i think that uh, he will get the union to the final and um you know this rsl thing i don't understand it and i don't care i mean like zero shots at 120 minutes uh you've got this young keeper who absolutely shithouses every opportunity he gets from day one too from the beginning of the season he's been doing that um and you know i would love nothing more than to see portland get portland like how many times do we see portland just catch get hot at the end of the season going into the playoffs and then make a run from like the fifth seed or the sixth seed or whatever no i want to see somebody else do it and apparently it's going to be rsl yeah, I mean, uh, I think I'm completely the opposite here, uh, and basically, yeah, I mean, yeah, Philly, they've they've just pissed me off too much this year, I think, uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, NYCFC, uh, you know, they will also be with that Tati Castellanos, but I think, uh, ultimately, 11 players versus a star striker, uh, I think NYCFC should probably have enough, and it also makes LA United look better in the sense that, uh, yeah, we if we went out in the first round, I mean, it's it's a team that made the MLS Cup final, right? And they were the best in the East. It uh, definitely does kind of absolve just a little bit. Not that we need absolving, but 
just a little bit makes it look a little bit better uh and then yeah rsl uh you know that that shithousery is just uh i don't know man like uh i that doesn't look good on the league not only for nycfc as well if they make the final and if it's at yankee stadium that really looks bad on the league i mean oh yeah that uh i don't want to see any like uh you know kind of like recaps or like uh in the future videos of us playing not us but like uh, uh mls clubs playing in the uh you know in the stadium uh in a baseball stadium and it's just like yeah bad looks all around i think if uh it, you know, if it's that, RSL, uh, which just a Miriam love aside, uh, you know, it's just a team that's, uh, I think, uh, you know, they're on a magical run. I don't need them to win an MLS Cup, probably. Portland uh, with, uh, you know, Diego Valeri, with Sebastian Blanco, with uh, the Chara brothers. I think it's that. It's like they, uh, you know, they're a team that I think would deserve and uh, you know a win and uh you know yep. of course they have uh kind of won uh mls cup championships as well or champion uh as well and so uh yeah it's one of those like uh i think nycfc and uh, portland timbers would probably provide more of an entertaining uh final as well so you know mm -hmm. i'll go with that uh but what do you guys think let us know in the comments below. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much the episode, except for the question of the day. And the question of the day is, what do you think of the Tiago Almeida situation? Let us know in those comments below as well. We're looking forward to what you have to say on not only that topic, but all the topics that we touched on throughout this episode. And that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already. Share this episode and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. And for Mark, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah.